This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Team.com, Aaron Bowersock, is your home loan expert. All right, Snoop, it's three matchups that I'm watching. It's Texas takes on Kansas this weekend. Don't forget, we've got you covered here on the Horn. Longhorn Game Day presented by Bud Light will uh, take place Saturday, 1030. Uh, it's going to be Lavaca Street downtown, the downtown location of Lavaca Street Bar. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, and Mike Harge will be live starting at 1030. Uh, leading you up, 130 is going to be the network pregame, and then 230 kickoff from Lawrence. It's Texas and Kansas with Craig Way, Roger Wallace, and Will Matthews on the call. Uh, also, we've got some of our local programming going on tomorrow. Just uh, anybody that's interested playing through with Bob Lou and Carl Mickelson will be 7 to 8, and then 8 to 10.30 leading you up to the pregame. Uh, it's going to be the big, ugly tailgate with Casey Studdard and Johnny Rogers. So keep it locked into the horn all weekend. All right, here's the three matchups I'm looking for. Snoop, matchup number one, I'm going to say it's going to be Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, against Jalen Ford, the Texas linebacker. A matchup of the Jalens, but I've talked all week. You've heard Rod Babers talk about it. We talked about it a little bit on the Longhorn Blitz podcast. I don't, we didn't hit it that much on the Blitz if we hit it at all now that I think about it. Uh, eye discipline is going to be huge, and Jalen Ford, it's interesting you know, I used to say this about when the Big 12 was really a space and pace league about 10 years ago. I used to say Kansas State was the toughest team in the league to prepare for because everybody was so focused on space and pace that Kansas State had a real advantage when they would line up with tight ends and fullbacks and big personnel. You couldn't replicate that on your scout team. Well, you've got Malik Murphy as a scout team quarterback. Physically, he can replicate some of the thing, same things Jalen Daniels does. But and, and by the way, like I know – Lance Leipold hasn't named a starter. Everything I've heard throughout the week, everything is trending like it's going to be Jalen Daniels. I don't know if that's been made official yet, but I've been doing my research, doing my prep for this game, looking ahead of this game like it's going to be Jalen Daniels making his return uh, to the lineup against Texas. Started the first five games, got Kansas off to that 5-0 start, got hurt in their loss to TCU, hasn't played since, expecting him to be the guy. But back to my point about K-State, it was really tough to prepare for them. And while Malik Murphy can stimulate some of those same things, it's really tough in the short amount of time you've got in practice to plan for everything Kansas can throw at you. It starts with their triple option principles. They can mix formations. They can mix personnel. Eye discipline by Jalen Ford is going to be huge. He's played at an all-Big 12 level this year. But at the end of the day, he's got to know. And and his responsibility is on Jalen Daniels because those are triple option reads. You can – Give it, you can pull it, you can pitch it. They're, they do so many different things in the way they use their option game that it's going to be really big on Jalen Ford. You would say the edge guys, they're going to be involved with that. Everybody's going to be involved with it, but I think Jalen Ford just being able to read everything, being able, even if it means he's got to play maybe a half step slower, maybe just process a little bit more, uh, he can't be out of position. That second level has got to be tight and secure because whether it's Jalen Daniels or Devin Neal, Kansas has enough guys in the backfield 
that can create explosive plays. And the Big 12 in plays of 20 yards or more this year, and they haven't had Jalen Daniels for a big chunk of that, a big chunk of the damage that they've done in creating those explosive plays. And again, he's different than Jason Bean. Bean is a little more of an outside runner, probably a little more once he gets to top speed faster than Daniels, but Daniels is interested to see how much Kansas does of that, considering you got a guy coming off of a shoulder injury. But that's the matchup. Jalen Ford in the middle of that Texas defense, securing the middle of the defense, being the heartbeat of the defense against Jalen Daniels in his return Keep an eye on that matchup. Matchup number two, Quinn Ewers against Brian Borland, the Kansas defensive coordinator. Why am I looking at the Kansas defensive coordinator as the matchup here? Because what's been my chief complaint about Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers, both when the offense has struggled, especially struggled of late? They get really impatient at times. And Kansas doesn't run. They don't major in. It's not their forte to do the three-down, three-high safety look like some other schools in the Big 12 do. Texas should get a break from that this week. But I think the same principles to defending Texas still apply regardless of whatever your base defense is. Stack the box to stop the run. Send extra bodies at the line of scrimmage on early downs. Try to take B. John Robinson out of the game as much as you can. Put Quinn Ewers in predictable passing downs and make him have to make good decisions with the football to beat you. How can Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers combat that? They've got to be patient. They both have to understand what the defense is giving them and be willing to take it. I think both are more comfortable. We know Sark is, and I think Quinn Ewers is. They are both more comfortable when they can hit that early deep shot in the game. For Sark, it validates the game plan, that he was right, everything's working, and then boom, now you can go attack the opponent all over the field. I think for Quinn Ewers, I think that gets him a lot of confidence when he can hit that early deep shot and get things rolling. But if the deep shots aren't there, You can run a lot worse plays than a screen pass to Jordan Whittington. You can run a lot worse plays than a swing pass to B. John Robinson. You can run a lot worse plays than the little smoke screen or the quick screen to Savion Red or somebody on the outside. Get back to the short game. Understand where you can attack Kansas. Understand what the path of least resistance is and go attack it. And at some point, if you attack that enough, that can open you up vertically. You can force teams in a man-to-man coverage. You can force them to take a body out of the box. It can really unlock your offense. But can Steve Sarkeesian and in turn Quinn Ewers, because I've think i said this before, I think a lot of that impatience from Sark, I think a lot of that rubs off on Quinn because you've got an inexperienced quarterback that just hasn't had a ton of reps. He's basically experiencing everything for the first time, so I think the play caller needs to be patient. I think the quarterback needs to be patient. And if you're Brian Borland, I would think you put in some three-safety stuff or at the very least plan on playing a lot of two-high coverage because Texas has really struggled with that, especially of late. There's been times where it's been hit or miss throughout the year, but that's how you defend Texas. You take away the vertical passing game. You try to take Bijan out of it as much as you can. You make Quinn Ewers make smart decisions. I'm a firm believer in this when it comes to football. And it doesn't matter what kind of offense you run, what kind of defense you run, whatever is based on the opponent, based on what you want to do and what the opponent's tendencies are, your objective to me in a football game should be how can we dictate the terms of this game? How can this game be played on our terms? And I think if you're Sark and you're Quinn Ewers, I think you got to take the short stuff and then open up the offense from there. I don't think it's running them out of a deep coverage, running them out of zone coverage. I think you got to take the short stuff and go from there. So Brian Borland, the Kansas defensive coordinator, against Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers, that's matchup number two. Matchup number three, I always go to the line of scrimmage. I think it's the Kansas offensive line against the interior of that Texas defensive line. 
said it before, I'll say it again, man. Texas has been so hard to run against. Even last week, TCU, they had to keep plugging away and plugging away and plugging away. And even if you, I mean, they had the one really explosive Kendra Miller run. But other than that, I mean, they really, they didn't really get their running game going until late when Texas was kind of worn down. I don't want to say worn down, but, you know, the game was out of hand and they were able to put themselves in some favorable down and distances uh, to stay on schedule offensively. If you go back and you look at TCU's explosive run plays in that game, I think Matt, let me, um, there we go. Uh, they didn't have an explosive run, a, a, rush, a running play of 10 yards or more. TCU didn't until that Kendra Miller run. And even then, they didn't have a running play longer than 14 yards. Max Duggan had one for 10, and then it was Amari DiMercato uh, late in the game for 12, for 14, and for 11. So Texas actually did a pretty decent job. I know the numbers are going to be what they are, and they are what they are, but they did a pretty decent job of slowing down TCU's run game. Uh, Kansas has a really good run game, too. Devin Neal's been on the tear lately, and with Daniels back, like I said, opens up a lot of their offense, unlocks a lot of it that you couldn't do with Jason Bean. But can Texas continue to be stout on the interior and make it really tough for Kansas to get their running game going? Just give them, make them play as, as, as left-handed as much as you can in the run game. Don't give them easy runs up the gut. Again, that's where Jalen Ford's eye control comes into play. But Keandre Coburn, Tavondre Sweat, Moro Ojimo, Vernon Broughton, Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, those six guys have been really good stopping the run this year. Uh, if you look at Texas uh, Texas against the run, they are second in the Big 12 right now uh, in terms of yards per carry allowed, 3.42 yards per carry Texas has allowed this season. Texas also number two in the Big 12, top 40 in the country in run defense, 120 game Texas is giving up. So, this is a Kansas run game. They can they can get their yards on you. They can make it tough for you to stop them. But Texas needs to win that battle at the point of attack, reset the line of scrimmage, make it as tough for Devin Neal and Jalen Daniels as TCU did last week. We know Texas, and I really wish Pete Kwiatkowski would blitz as much as he did last week. I just think that's phenomenal. And maybe with a maybe more of a dual-threat quarterback than Max Duggan was. Maybe you don't want to do that that much, or maybe you want to continue to throw stuff at him. I, I think this Texas defense, I think the numbers have bared out. They're much more effective when they're blitzing. They just seem to play a half-step quicker. They seem more into it. Uh, just seem The sense of urgency seems heightened. Uh, and the blitz has got home again. Uh, so TCU did a little bit different than than other teams have tried to do in terms of stopping Texas' run game. They send bodies at the line of scrimmage. That's not really how Texas does it. Texas doesn't really run blitz. They will count on their guys winning matchups at the point of attack, and that needs to continue to happen. So my other matchup to watch is the interior of the Kansas offensive line and the KU O-line, period, against that interior Texas defensive line continuing to be. Typically, and again, this is another Rod Baber's talking point we've had on Longhorn Blitz for years now. When you look at really good Texas defenses, you've kind of seen just that that rock in the middle of the defense. Uh, Roy Miller's been that guy. Malcolm Brown's been that guy. Puna Ford's been that guy uh, in some more in some more recent years. And I don't think you have just one guy in there. That's just that one just stalwart guy because all of those guys are playing at a high level, specifically Coburn, Ojemo, 
Sweat and Murphy, those four guys, those are four of the highest graded defense here, defensive linemen in a pro football focus. So if that group can continue to play at a high level, you're going to give yourself a chance to try to make Kansas as one-dimensional as Kansas can be. They're going to get yards. They're going to have some big plays just by the nature of their offense. They, it naturally creates explosive plays, but just don't let them get the four- and five-yard chunks and move the ball down the field that way. Make them get Devin Neal involved in other ways other than just handing him the football. Again, due to, due to Kansas, what TCU did to you last week. But you could do it without blitzing. You can do it if your interior guys continue to play at the level that they've played at. So there are your three matchups to watch tomorrow. Again, Jalen Ford against Jalen Daniels, Steve Sarkeesian, and Quinn Ewers against Brian Borland, the Kansas defensive coordinator, and the interior Texas defensive line against the Kansas offensive line. So we when we uh, get to the Longhorn Notebook next hour, it's going to be three keys to a Longhorn victory.